Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. everyone, or afternoon or evening, depending on where you are. It is Wednesday, my favorite day of the week, and I'm very excited. We have a great show today, and you will recognize the cast of characters, so to speak. You will recognize Robin and Ryan because they have been had requests before. I've worked on them before, and I will get into that in just a minute. We we do have Robin listening on the phone today, as well as her sister, Susan. So I welcome both of you and really appreciate that you're here live. Uh, many people can't be, so it's just always a, a nice thing to have someone live. Of course, it makes no difference if you listen to it after the fact. The healing is equally as effective. So the archive, listen, the, the listeners that, that listen to the archive shows, are getting the healing as powerfully as it happened during the live show. In any case, I will get to Robin in a bit. I just want to, again, remind all the readers that my second book came out. It's Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. It was a labor of love, as you guys know. I think I've been talking about it for at least a couple of years on the show, but it was getting close. <laughs> Two years went by. So anyway, it is it is very exciting and, and it's available certainly through me, but also through Amazon. Amazon has a print copy, a PDF, and you can also get the Kindle version. So whatever is best for each and every one of you, you you have it there. If you have any questions about it, you or concerns or uh trigger something with you, you can email me at Janet at JanetRichmond.com or Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com. You can ask me about the book. You may. It's a lot of food for thought, guys. It's um, you're gonna you're gonna find it fascinating. I know, interesting, and of course, it will bring up things like these kind of books do. So please feel free to reach out and talk to me about it one way or the other, and I do answer all my emails. So. You will hear from me directly. Also, if you do have any questions or requests regarding the show, you also can email me, as I say every week, at Janet at JanetRichmond.com or Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com. It'll get to me either way. So, the so you know, please reach out. A lot of people do the requests through emails. They aren't often able to listen during the workday, and I'm happy to do the request. So the, the, do the requested healing. Okay. Well, today, as I mentioned early on, we do have a very, we do have a very, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting healing today. But before, again, I get to that, I do want to give you some feedback on Jake. Now, Jake, I've worked on a couple times on the show, and he, this last time, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I'm thinking, 
I, I don't remember exactly what order I did him in, but he wrote me and he told me that he'd gotten work and he was so excited because he'd gone pretty much a year without being able to get work. And so he was so excited. He said, I finally started doing work again. He's doing courier work for a company and it's something he can take back with him to LA because he's living in, um, in Southern California and he wants to return to the LA area at some point. And I gathering the courier company works in both or have branches in both places. So he was very excited. And he said he also, um, had gotten two other companies were interested in him very recently. So he, he just felt, you know, he felt really relieved. He, wants to pay back his debt and put some money aside so he can eventually move back to the L.A. area. Um, but he said it feels good to finally start gaining some momentum in the other direction. And, of course, you know, he thanked me for the help that I gave him. How at, and he did say that he was going to continue to work because he didn't think that, you know, suddenly everything was going to shift. And then just yesterday, and I haven't had a chance to respond to him, so if Jake by any chance is listening today, I will get back to you. But yesterday was crazy, and today starts out with a show. So I will get back to you. But he did tell me, and I want to share with the listeners, that he lost the courier job. He was doing some deliveries for a restaurant, and the chefs apparently were late in getting the orders out. So he got the deliveries late, but he got canned. Um, even though it really wasn't what he considered his quote-unquote fault. So the, but in the other devastating thing that happened was that he lost his debit card and whoever took it cleaned his bank account out. So he's jobless and penniless. Now, this is very difficult for someone, someone like Jake who's worked a long time to gain momentum and finally found did get a job and was so excited and so um, thrilled that he can start to begin to pay back his debt and to start, you know, being living in the world with work and and not having the pressure of pennilessness on his mind, and then to have this turnaround. And I want to first give all my support and caring to Jake. This is very very difficult for anyone who gets their hopes up and then suddenly they're dashed. I do. I, I will be doing another healing on him down the line. I'm not sure exactly when, whether it'll be in a week or a month. Uh, I have to get back to Jake and see what his feeling is on it again. Um, he is, as I said, continuing to work on himself. But here's the deal. He This is a very deep pattern for him. And let me give you an analogy Let's just say you come into this lifetime determined to become the honest person. You know that you are, and you've had a series of, of lives that, because of circumstances, you were forced to steal or, um, you know, in some way take advantage of others and be dishonest, and, and it would eat you up alive. And in between lives, you, you'd think, oh, my gosh, I really, really don't like this pattern but when you but when you come into the next life 
either the situation or condition would be such that you, again you felt like you had no choice and perhaps down the line as you've had lives like this you would have a knee-jerk reaction if you get into trouble to find a way to gain or gain what you need a resource or money or food or whatever and you would go back to the thievery or whatever your pattern is and I'm making this up because I've actually never seen this pattern but in fact this is the way our patterns all work we have lives lifetime after lifetime that we accumulate uh, experiences thoughts ideas feelings frustrations fears I mean everything as you know guys because you listen to the show a lot there is so much that goes on in each life, and with each life ends, we fold all of that energetics, all of that knowledge, all of the experiences, all the events, all the thoughts, emotions, everything, we fold it into the soul, which could be viewed as the minds of the past. So we carry at that soul level these very, very intense patterns. A lot of it is conflicting. A lot of it is crippling, emotionally crippling mentally, psychologically crippling, and then we start to plan when we get to the state of awareness that the people on this planet, for, for the most part, are, as we have evolved through the human kingdom, we get to the point of awareness where we decide we want to clear up all of what we're carrying. We don't want the shame. We don't want the guilt. We don't want the, the fear. We don't want whatever it is. And in my analogy, this person's deciding it doesn't want to lead a life like that where it comes away from the life feeling shame, feeling bad because it took advantage of people or used people, stole from people, cheated people, whatever it was. And this soul decides, I'm going to learn to be honest in this next life. And what does, what, so what happens? What happens is the soul picks situations, conditions, and makes co-creations with various people to trigger his pattern because if he comes into a life where he has all the resources he needs or she needs it could be either one uh have all the resources they need and never gets placed in a position of having to make any choices along those lines so would not have a clue what it came in to heal so what souls do is they plan the next life to bring in situations and conditions that allow them to heal. Okay, so that means this soul would have chosen a situation or a life pattern that would trigger that automatic thing, you know, to get out of a tough situation to move to that other side that inside the soul is really ashamed of and really wants to get rid of. We come in deaf, dumb, and blind, guys, as I've talked to you about we don't remember what we plan for ourselves, but we're determined at that soul level to change the pattern. We're determined. And so we bring in the pattern, and sometimes we'll go right into the automatic pilot, the knee-jerk reaction and doing that. But somewhere along the way, that person who or the soul that has made the decision to change, somewhere along the way, something will happen to trigger the determination to move out of the pattern. Maybe he gets put into jail and just decides he and he has a beautiful child and he's separated from the child and whatever it is, there's a situation or condition that gets him determined never to look back. And he gets out of jail at one point 
And again, the temptations, the triggers, the situations that challenge him, is he really going to stick by his determination? He gets in a cab and he sees a wallet full of money sitting on the seat. It's got a thousand bucks in, 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 in the wallet. It has the driver's license. He knows exactly who it belongs to. Here's a situation that is going to trigger him. What is his choice going to be? And maybe he decides, I'm going to return this wallet. And he does. But just making the decision once to take the path on the up and up or whatever he, kind of path he's trying to take along those lines, it's not just going to trigger a situation once. He is going to continue to have those, that choice come back to him. Situations and conditions that give him an opportunity to make sure that he's on that firm step and making that choice. He doesn't want to be wishy-washy about it. So maybe the second time he has a choice, he kind of gets tempted and he doesn't follow through with the more honest or the more whatever you would call it choice. So another time comes in. It's a process. And this individual is going to go through a process of finding that inner strength and moving to make those different choices. Now, this is the same thing with Jake. Jake has a very uh, pattern of hopelessness, powerlessness, helplessness. He has a pattern where he feels like he's a victim. And again and again, I mean, this isn't the first time he's had something stolen. He's, he has issues over and over again that present the trigger, the same pattern. And he is doing exactly what he needs to do. He's continuing to work on it. Now, just getting the job and having income for a few days is better than not having a job at all. He also had two other companies that were interested in him. I don't know if he, because I haven't gotten back to him um, since I heard the bad news of losing the career job. What I'm hoping is he can go to one of those other two that he said, I don't know if I read that part to you, but he had uh, two companies that were also interested in him. I, I think I did mention it. So in any case, he maybe he can go back to them. Just the fact that he got a job is a step in the right direction, but he's continuing to bring in the situations that challenge him to continue to do the work, to continue to seek and search, continue to shift his perception on from being a victim to being in the driver's seat, being his own directing identity. And the more he does the neutralizing, the more the shifts in the right direction will go. It, it really, because of his pattern was so deep and entrenched, it doesn't surprise me that he lost a job because he has in the past gotten a job for a day or something in a couple hours or whatever and then they lost it. So when we have these big patterns, they're entrenched and it's a process to get the layers gone, to continually move away the layers. And 
the the feeling of powerlessness that Jake has is really deep. We have worked on some of his layers, and he has manifested the shifts by bringing in work. Yay! It shows that it is going the right direction, but he's still continuing to get challenged, and he is continuing the work, which is great. But I want to encourage Jake and everyone else that is going through a process of moving out of a big pattern, because it is it is a process. It rarely, with the big things, do you ever get this overnight shift and you never see it again, because the the soul, the way evolution works is we we don't we have to be firm on each level before we move up to the next one so we can't be shaky so on the 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 analogy with the the guy who's trying to be honest and take the responsible path and all of that 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 example i gave you in fact if he's wobbly about it he's not going to take the next step up in evolutionary awareness because evolution never goes backwards. We think we go backwards, but that's our perception. In fact, the way evolutionary evolution works is we are constantly bringing in similar issues to continually see if we are firmly on the step of change, whatever it is that we want for ourselves. So that's what happens. If everybody was wobbly and we took step two, step three, Step four, but step two was wobbly. We might get to step five, and then the whole house of cards would collapse in our evolutionary process. And the way evolution is set up, and it's fascinating, some of which you will learn about in my book, some of it will be in a book down the line, The we are, quote-unquote, tested at every level The because it's important. We can't have people falling backwards and then the chaos would be outrageous. As much chaos as there is in the world today, it is not because people are falling backwards evolutionarily. Once you take a step forward and it's solid, then you're ready to take the next step. So my heart goes out to Jake and we will continue to work on him and try to get some of those layers off. I don't know whether I'll do a radio show for him or uh, a pro bono private session. I'm not sure, but I'm sure we'll work on it again. And I and I do know that he is he listens to at least one or two radio shows a day and does the healing. So he is taking off layers for himself each time. So I'm thrilled for that. Okay, now I know I haven't heard back from Ernesto. Um, Ernesto is the one that had hyperhidrosis. I think that was the name of it, where it was the excess sweating. That was very interesting healing. I haven't heard back from him as yet, but I will, of course, give you the feedback when I do. But now let's get to Robin. Robin, um, let me just give you some background, and I want to put say hello to, to both Robin and her sister again. I'm glad you're on the show. And at the end, if either one or both of you want to talk with me for sure, let's let's do that. I want to give the listeners some background. And you'll, you'll remember, those of you who listen on a regular basis will certainly remember Robin and Ryan. But just in case there's some new people and also the review, because people don't listen to each and every show necessarily in order, people skip around, um, I want to give you some background so you know where we're going with this. Now... Robin is the mom, 
Ryan is the son, and, and Ryan recently was arrested for a serious crime that was extremely upsetting. Ryan is has been diagnosed as a high-functioning paranoid schizophrenic, and he was paranoid about people at a library and started to make threats and it, it became racial or, you know, racial, I guess. I'm not sure exactly how you would say it, but I don't want to give you a lot of detail because it's in the other ones. But in any case, he is a paranoid schizophrenic. He's had it for 10 years from age 18. He's now 28. And he suffers from something called, now I don't know how to pronounce it, so excuse me, something called anosognosia something like that. And it's a scientific term, and it means that the person who's ill rejects the idea that he's mentally ill. And it's a symptom of the mental illness itself. But because he rejects that there's anything wrong with him, that means he also rejects treatment and medication that could be helpful. Now, as a legal adult, Robin can't force him to do anything. Um, So... It's difficult because there is help out there for people like Ryan. But right now, Robin and her husband are really supporting Ryan 100%. And he does live outside the home for the last couple of years. And But all this time, it's been very difficult for Robin, her husband, her extended family, because she has siblings, one of which is on the phone right now. So... The her her extended family is very supportive of her, but they're not right there dealing with her with Ryan as she is, and it's been very very difficult. And Robin has gone through a long process of trying to help, trying to understand the disease, um, learning how to communicate with him better, how to guide him, and it's very difficult when Ryan rejects so much of what they have to offer. It's really really tough, and. As you know, I worked most recently on Ryan himself. It was an extremely intense healing, uh, very, well, Ryan was in jail and he was about to go through the process of, I don't know exactly whether he was going to be sentenced or what, uh, or whether he was just going to be arraigned. I can't remember, but it's all in the other show. So we were, it turned out to be an extensive healing where I ended up healing different groups of people, and it was fascinating, really. But in any case, I, I today we're going to be working on Ryan, uh, Robin, and but I want I want everyone to understand that we're not islands. Okay, you understand that? I get it. But I want to be clear that Ryan's patterns affect Robin and vice versa. So a healing on one of them will not only help that one person, but it also helps the other person and the dynamic between the two people. But it is baby steps when we have an issue this large. And in fact, this issue can be generalized out to encompass a more general overall issue. And I bring this up because I really want the listeners who have the bigger issue, probably many or most of the the listeners do not have a family member who is a uh, paranoid schizophrenic or has some sort of mental illness. But many of us 
many, many, probably the majority, have a family member who has some type of serious problems that do affect the family in a major way. So many of you listeners will have this issue. And so when we do the the healing, uh, I want you to call in either anybody in your family uh, along with their the family member who has the issue or anybody you know of if you don't have something currently like that because it could be a physical illness it could be an emotional issue like depression or it could be an addiction such situation or you know an elder in the need of care or dealing with someone who's disabled in some very significant way any kind of issue where one or several family members are dealing with a in a situation where the other fam where this one family member has significant issue is very often part of families. It is common, really. And so if you are in that kind of situation or if you know of someone, again, be sure to bring them into the healing when I started start it. I already sense that there is going to be the outer the outer ridge rim or the outer part of the wheel bringing in others that that aren't directly known of by the listeners. So, we're going to be dealing with a lot of people with this kind of situation because when you have a very serious problem in a family, it affects everybody's life. It affects the dynamics between people. Um if there's an elder that need need of great care, you could have one person doing all the care, or you could have several people doing the care, and there could be fights between the caregivers whose turn it is, or who's, you know, for for either hands-on time or finances or whatever. It affects the entire family unit or extended family unit, whatever it may be, and it's difficult. The dynamics between people are. Um, always in play, always with an added level of difficulty. So we definitely want to bring this in for everyone. Now, Robin had some some very um, important things that she's thinking about now and having to deal with because even though Ryan is still in prison, he literally could get out any day. With the overcrowding in the prison, things seem to be everything's cut much shorter, much shorter. And he <clears throat> he did get a choice of either going into some sort of mental care facility or to be in jail for a year. He doesn't think he needs the care, so he chose the jail. But then the sentence got immediately halved to six months. And then I think there was another reason why it would be halved again, and then he's also had time served. So he may be out in within a week or a few weeks. And what is what's at issue now is how where to go with it. She he had an apartment two two blocks from USC, but there's a restraining order. He can't get within a hundred yards of USC because of what happened that ended up leading to his arrest. So the that apartment is no longer an option. The thinking is that most likely he will want to move back home and 
they already did that for a number of years until two years ago when they found the um, uh, where they where they got him his own apartment. He was not happy about it two years ago, but in fact, it's turned out to be a good thing. There's been things that he's had to develop and mature, get more mature about, more realistic about, because he's doing it for himself. He had to get his own food. He had to budget because they gave him money to buy it. He had to buy it. He had to fix it. He had to take care of his laundry. He had to take care of himself in a way that when you're living at home, you don't end up doing, especially when you have a mom there that is caring for you. So... It turned out to be a really positive thing, and it also took a lot of incredible stress and strain off Robin and her husband because daily, you know, you're you're running into and um, dealing with the issues of the mental illness and his behavior and all of that. So it turned out to be a very positive thing for both sets of people in this dynamic, uh, Robin and her husband and Ryan. So now that he's about to get out, they do, they are letting the apartment go, the one that's near USC. And her concern, there's two concerns. One, she feels she needs to stand firm on finding Ryan another place and not allowing him to move back home. Uh, and also not to give in to the manipulation because Ryan apparently knows how to push all the buttons. And, of course, our kids know how to push all our buttons. You know, Ryan happens to be extremely smart, but no kid has to be extremely smart. They certainly are smart when it comes to us. They know exactly what to do, what to say, how to handle us to get that that mom part going. And Ryan does this apparently very well. We all, all parents understand that. And so it's hard for her to stand up to Ryan when they disagree on issues that involve him and then often me, she says. And she says, it's hard for me not to be sensitive to his pain, fear, frustration, disappointment, anger, name calling, and the consequences of his actions. She says, I tend to be overly indulgent with him, personalize his pain, and want to rec- rescue him. I know this is not in his best interest, and certainly I'm better at times than others with do- you know, not being manipulated, but not all the time. And she can easily, she says, I can easily get filled up with fear, anxiety, and worry. Sometimes it consumes me, and I worry that I don't have the backbone, the energy, or even the desire to do the right thing, because sometimes I just want to give up. I just want to walk away. I just want this bad nightmare to go away. Now, most of us, if it hasn't been personally in our lives, we know of very difficult times that parents can go through with kids, and you do wish sometimes it would go away. We don't normally walk away ourselves. Once in the blue moon, you hear a story like that. But most of us, we hang in and we just do the best we can. But she says sometimes she crumples under the pressure she feels and she resorts to alcohol to numb her feelings. Remember, Robin is an alcoholic and it's been very difficult with her. Now, she said that um, she's been plagued recently by pervasive depression She's working to lift herself out of it. She's been sober for a month now, 
and she's forced herself to feel all her feelings, which hasn't been easy, and hence the depression. So she wants to neutralize the depression, the negative thoughts, feelings, and habits that feed into it, and that's a big part of this session, and we will definitely get to all of that. The second thing that she wants is she wants to learn some new communication skills to help Ryan. Um, The hope is that he will move to accept services that are available for him, like a social security disability kind of thing and Medi-Cal therapy, perhaps medication, perhaps. But these things would not only ease the financial, the financial things would ease the burden for Robin and her husband that are on a fixed income. They're both retired. So it is very difficult supporting themselves in their retirement as well as their son. But it will also help Ryan have a better quality of life. And But trying to convince him he has a mental illness has never worked in the past. And she wants to shift off that solution and find different ways of communicating. Now, she she wrote that she learned, um, she's been reading a book. It's that... that um, Xavier um, Amador's book called I Am Not Sick, I Do Not Need Help. And this book has strategies and communication skills that to help help those like Robin help people with mental illness accept treatment. And the book makes a lot of sense to her, but what happens when she reads it and sees the, the suggestions and the strategies, she begins to fear starts to come up, that she can't do it, that she can't learn, that she can't do it right and effectively. And so all of her feelings of inadequacy are being triggered. Oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to screw it up, you know. And don't we all have that kind of thing? Um, and, And so a lot of fear is coming up, and this puts a lot of pressure and stress on her, too, because on the one hand, she feels, wow, This book is giving some real helpful advice, but on the other hand, she doesn't know, she doubts all the self-doubt that she's up to the task. And trust me, haven't we all been in that situation in some way, shape, or form? So again, this is a healing that can help all of us. Even if you don't currently have an issue right now with with, with what Robin is talking about, you probably have in the past most likely we'll have it in the future, or we know people that have it, because so much of these patterns are part of the human condition. We all manifest them in a different way. We have different degrees, different intensities, and the details will be different. But the baseline, the basics are so similar for all of us. So whether you think you have any of these issues consciously or not, please, when we do the healing, move into working on yourselves and releasing this kind of thing as well for yourself. She says, I feel strongly that I need to raise my vibration level and clear out some density from the oppressive thoughts and feelings I've been experiencing this last month to get more strength and clarity going. And that is a really good goal, and we will work as hard as we can on it for sure. Now, This is something that Robin can't avoid. This is a situation that she can't avoid. And even drinking doesn't fix it, and she's certainly aware of that. 
So the options are really to work on herself and to allow herself and help herself gain the strength and the insight and the self-acceptance that'll take her out of the rat wheel of living from the place of lack, lack of self-worth, lack of self-esteem, lack of self-love. And the more she dissolves the lack, the more she and empowers the inner strength, the inner love and inner clarity, the more the dynamic itself will shift and the problem will become less and less overwhelming for her. Now, this healing, even the healing I did directly on Ryan, is not going to change Ryan's diagnosis. It, these healings uh, can definitely help people with mental illness a tremendous amount. And in, the, in my book, uh, Soul Psychology, I have a whole chapter on someone named Sophia who has, in fact, the same diagnosis as Ryan. She does not have this particular aspect where she denies that she's ill. And she did and has been and continues to do seeking, searching, and find ways to get better. But I worked on her a lot more than Ryan. And boy, we did make some progress. There is movement there. Have we cured the disease? No. But any step that we take in any kind of situation, whether it's with a serious mental illness or any other kind of pattern, is one step more to the balance and the health, whether it's mental health or physical health, that you at the soul level uh, are desiring to get because you would not have activated that pattern in your life. You would not have chosen at the soul level the situations and conditions to activate that pattern if you didn't want. This is the way our soul talks to us, guys. You can't pick up the phone and remind us, hey, don't you remember what we decided? No, it can't pick up the phone. All it can do is trigger motivation for ourselves to get help, to, to, to work on ourselves, because our beingness doesn't end at the skin. We have an energetic side to ourselves that we don't realize. We walk through the day not paying any attention to the fact that we're carrying a tremendous amount of energetic thought forms and habit imprints and emotional blueprints around with us from eons of lifetimes. We don't we might know we have a soul, but we don't really get what it is or how it comes into play. A lot of these questions will be answered in my book, guys, but right now we're going to move on to healing help to he- heal Robin to bring her into a place where she trusts and accepts herself more. And uh, the more she does that, the more she loves herself, the less that she's down on herself or afraid that she's going to fail, all of that stuff, the more actually it will affect um, Ryan and will open windows in his world in different ways. I can't foresee, but when you change the energetic field of one within a very pervasive pervasive dynamic that Robin and Ryan have, when you change one person's energetics, it shifts the dynamic, sometimes in small ways, sometimes in larger ways. The more you work, the more it shifts. So that's our goal, guys, is to get the shifts. And even if we get a 5 or 10 or 20% shift, we'll be excited, okay? And the next time that there's work done, there'll be 
an increasing shift. Luckily, we don't have to get all the way to the end and fix everything totally before we get any change at all. No, the change comes in just with baby steps, little things here or there. Just continues to shift and change, and eventually enough of the energetics from those eons of lives get dissolved, get um, get gone, basically get so that, so that the um, the pattern will in, in will finally be fixed. It is a process, but we have help. We but it definitely is better all along the way. Gets better along along the way. Okay, so we're going to do a healing on Robin and. Yikes, I talked for so long. Ay, ay, ay. I didn't realize. Okay. I've used up a lot of the healing time, and I'm sorry about that. I just lost track of time because this is such a big pattern. Anyway, the higher self and this, this kind of healing work can do a lot in a very short period of time. So right now I want everyone to feel, get themselves comfortable Take a few deep breaths and begin to quiet the mind. And I want you to just, a simple technique is just to focus on my voice. This allows you to bring in that focus of attention, bring the mind right into the now moment. That focus of attention is very important. It's a turn-on switch, and I will explain in a bit. But right now, we're just quieting the mind. We're activating the now moment. Now, I'm already seeing the higher self and bringing uh, Ryan over to join the group. He is already present, and so he will go through the whole of the amalgamation process um, here. Now, so so I do feel this, the now moment. I see all of us standing on the rim of the symbolic wheel, and um, including Ryan. Ryan is on the rim. Robin... I'm already seeing Robin right on the hub. So I want to, before we even get to the forever now moment, let's activate the rainbow bridge energy and create the spokes so that the hub becomes a platform of this rainbow bridge energy. And it is a very um, pure and perfect platform for Robin to be standing on. So Robin is there. Meanwhile, we're going to expand the now moment Remember, it's just an energy field. We're going to expand it with that focus of attention. The focus of attention is our turn-on switch, and it enables us to manipulate energy, and we're, we're expanding the now moment to become the forever now moment. In essence, it's going to be encompassing the totality for each and every person that is part of this healing, past, present, and future, the to it's encompassing the totality of the soul process of all of the souls, all of the past nows, the present, and the future nows. So the this this now moment has now expanded into the forever now moment. For the new listener I that I know is here, I would like to say it's very similar to what um I like to call the time space continuum because it's it's as if it this forever now moment is moved, is spread across the the universe, known and unknown, because it encompasses 
a huge time-space continuum with the time from the time we were minerals all the way into the future now. And also, so it's, it's in the sense of time, it is huge, but also in the sense of space, because we've been on many, many planets, hundreds and thousands of planets other than Earth. And so it's also encompassing the spatial dimension of where all of us as humans have been. And it seems gigantic, but right now um, it's okay. We, we do work with this very large energy field. And, but right now I want everyone to focus on the pure soul essence that each and every soul carries. The pure soul essence, you could see it as a symbolic sun within. It's, sometimes known as the light within, the God within, the higher selves tend to call it uh, the pure soul essence. The pure soul essence is from the moment we were expressed first or born into the mineral kingdom, we, each and every soul contains a pure soul essence, and that is an invisible thread. Uh, it, it, by an invisible thread, connects us to the originating source, and it is everything the originating source was, is, and is becoming. And it is our purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power. And I like the symbol of a sun because the sun is so powerful in its own right. If we imagine our, or think of, or, or see, or feel our pure soul essence as a symbolic sun, it immediately helps to connect us with the incredible power. It is our purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power, and it is the focus of attention that allows this divine energy to move in through and around the totality of the soul process. So this light is being uh, beamed from each of the souls within this forever now moment. It is being beamed in through and around the totality of their soul. And this is Ryan, too. So he's also moving into this. Um, and so is Robin, of course. So the this forever now moment is being filled with a brilliant white light. I see souls, as happens every week, but I don't mention it every week, but I see souls coming in to partake of the light. The souls are not part of the healing necessarily, but they sense the light, and if they're ready to partake of some divine energy, they move in to partake. And, I, and most of them are souls that aren't aware that they have their own light, but in any case, the, they're coming from all over the universe, and they're in body and out. It is not, uh, there's no exclusionary things here. No one, it, if you're ready to partake of the light, they, they move in. Now, they... In this way, if we did nothing else but that, we are helping a tremendous amount of souls within the human kingdom universe. So this is a good thing. Now, at this point, I would like to call in the amalgamation with the conglomerate higher selves. Mine, Ryan's, Robin's, and every other higher self for every individual present, past, present, and future. Also, I want to call in any other higher self from any other realm or direction to come in to help with the healing. And we do have quite a few higher selves other than us, and I'm terrible with numbers, but I would say thousands, um, thousands of higher selves present and becoming part of the amalgamation. Keeping in mind the higher self energy is divine in nature, and as such, 
We also need to invite it in. Anything divine in nature cannot trespass with a free will. And so the focus of attention is needed and necessary to give permission for this divine energy to come in and help us. So the the healing is really set up. Robin is um, standing on the hub and very much a part of the amalgamation. And, and I see you're almost in, um, as we're going through it, almost in a state of bliss. That's what it's feeling like for me. Just almost, um, she's very welcoming of the energy. And I also want to, the last step is just that we become one with the originating source itself and that we be moved into that symbolic womb energy, W-O-M-B energy that I've spoken of for a long time now. It carries that creative life force energy, and it will be working on all of us, but certainly Robin, to give birth to her to a higher level. As she wants, she wants to be move up her frequency level, uh, her vibration level. Um, I, I look at it as empowering those aspects in her highest ideal that will bring her you know we work two sides of the coin we want to dissolve the old because that's what change is you dissolve the old and then recreate re-empower uh give birth to the new and so this creative life force energy is going to be working simultaneously as i focus on the patterns to do the neutralizing on this energy is working to do the empowerment for Robin. So, okay. Okay, so now the the whole essence of Robin standing on the hub has shifted. Now the symbol is moving into the... um, It's changing its picture, not that she didn't welcome the energy, but this, uh, as a symbol, as Robin is symbolically being presented to me, uh, it helps me orient to the beginning of the healing. And right now, there is a sense of helplessness. There's a sense of, um, there's a real sense of helplessness here and hopelessness. Just really giving up. There's a sense of giving up. She just feels like she doesn't know how she's going to handle it. So Robin, you are on the phone. So I'm going, I mean, on the show, you're listening live. So I'm going to do this as if I'm talking to you instead of in the third person. So I want you, Robin, to really begin to focus on the giving up because it's as if you've been presented with a pattern, a problem that is bigger than you. You literally feel like you can't possibly become what you need to become in order to deal with this properly. And it feels threatening to you. There's a sense of life threatening here. And I don't know... Um, I don't get the feeling from you, although you say you're in depression, that you're actually thinking of suicide. But there's some inner inner part of you that actually feels like it's life-threatening, and it may not be conscious. So I want you to start to release this whole idea that it's life-threatening, that you can't handle it, that you are helpless, um, that despair, there's a lot of despair. Let's get at that despair and that depression, because that is just... It's just very much a big part of this. And, you know, my heart goes out to you and it goes out to anybody who's in a kind of situation like this that doesn't go away. There's no break. There's no relief. And the difficulties of going through, it's like walking through the minefield without any kind of path or uh, map to show you where the mines are. 
And even when you get a map, the map is piecemeal. And you don't know what's, okay, you have a couple of steps, well, that seems clear, and then there's a big blank, and there's nothing to tell you how to go to the next, to breach the next gap. And so the gap to the next piece of the map, you don't have a clue. So there's a whole sense of... um, You know, you just don't know how to do it. The sense of not knowing how, not understanding, not getting it, just feeling inadequate, lots of inadequacy here. Just keep releasing all of that inadequacy. Uh, Keep in mind that it's your perception and it's based so much on all life patterns you've gone through or many life patterns where you've had situations like this that you've dealt with And most of them are in societies that aren't as sophisticated as ours, that don't have the resources that ours do, and you had very little choice. You had very little choice, you had very little help, and you'd come away from those lives feeling like you failed, feeling like you didn't do enough, feeling frustrated, feeling helpless and hopeless, because there was no help. And we didn't have, you know, books on the shelf that you can read. You didn't have... Um, she has a um, just to let the listeners know she she found a, a group uh, like a support group well you know in the middle ages there were no support groups the dark ages the primitive times rural place they aren't support groups there's no internet there's nothing where you can get information and get help and we had to muddle our way through so many lives doing the best we can. And Robin has, is one, Robin, you're one that, like we all do, who's come away from these lives feeling like a failure, feeling incompetent, feeling like you should have done more, feeling a tremendous amount of guilt and shame. And this is really important. Please, I want you to release guilt and shame because you are one that carries a purity of purpose and sincerity of motive. The intention is so pure. You carry a a genuine authenticity at a very deep level, a purity of purpose, again, and sincerity of motive. I want to make that really clear. If you didn't carry that, maybe you wouldn't carry so much shame and guilt. But because you carry it, the intention was always pure. But when something went wrong or something didn't happen the way that you wanted it to happen, just downloaded this self-blame on yourself. Just download it. We're all, you know, we're our own worst critic, and it wasn't, it wasn't that people around you didn't blame you because that happened a lot too. It was always your fault. And what do you hear from Ryan? You know, there's a lot of blame there too. So there is, there's a lot of this blame and shame and self-blame and um, guilt and ah. Oh, Please, just, I, oh, okay, okay. I see it starting to flow out. It's coming out. It's coming out from the heart because there's so much heartache. This is why you're determined to, to deal with this pattern. The heartache is immense because these people, whoever it was in these past lives, and I'm not getting the flip book, I'm not getting an example, but we all know, the, I've done enough of these healings, you know what I'm talking about. These people were people you loved. These people who were family members that you cared about. Just like Ryan, just like Ryan, so much love there. So when it didn't go right, when you weren't able to improve that person's situation or help in the ways that you thought, 
And again, you would hold the bar up so high that you didn't see the ways you helped. You only saw the ways you weren't able to help, the half empty, so to speak, the, the proverbial half empty. And that added to the shame. But the fact of the matter is if you didn't care about these people so deeply, it wouldn't feel so bad. But there is so much pain here, too. I really want you to release the pain, Robin. Just as much heartache, heartbreak. There's loss here. You've lost people. There's, you know, people have died under your watch, so to speak. You took it on as your fault uh, that you were responsible. And um, you took away so much of the time the sense of lack that you were lacking. And this is really what I want you to release. The lack, 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 lack of self, lack, uh, the lack of feeling that you weren't responsible, that you weren't capable, that you were um, uh, worthless, the lack of self-worth, that you were undeserving, that you were just a soul, almost a soul lost, really deep, deep, deep feelings about yourself. And even in this life, no matter where you, you know, what your journey has been, just like for you, just like with all of us, we often have areas where we were very successful. I know that you were a very successful geologist and had a successful career. And so there are areas in life where we are very successful and have gained inner strength and inner confidence and all of that. Uh, I want to make that clear. But when I go to do the healing, I'm not healing the healthy part. I'm working to neutralize the part of ourselves that we've carrying from eons of time that whether we are in a place of being very successful, we still have all that energetics. They're still operating behind the scenes. And continue and do bring in situations and conditions that will force us to pay attention to them. And that's what's happened. This, and Robin is paying attention. She's been getting help for her problems for a long time. And she's done a lot of seeking and searching and a lot of um, built her self-awareness. We want her to really, Robin, we want you, sorry, I keep going between the third and the first person because I rarely have someone listening. So excuse me for that. But <clears throat> the good news is that you have a lot of positive parts of yourself that the creative life force is empowering and reinforcing. And um, now again, it doesn't, re it doesn't empower anything negative. It can't hurt or harm you. So it is empowering the self-confidence the part of you that does carry self-love and self-worth and self-value and self-esteem. Um, we, meanwhile, we want to neutralize because no matter how much we empower, it doesn't do anything to the energetics that we have. Sometimes we think, well, if we just empower ourselves positively enough that things will change. Well, when we do the positive empowering, it doesn't touch the negative. It doesn't overwhelm it. It doesn't dissolve it. It doesn't do anything. When we think a positive thought, oh, I love myself, yes, it would empower our positive self-love, but it does nothing. It doesn't touch the part that says, I hate myself. 
that is still there, still active, and we want to neutralize it. We want to dissolve it so that the empowered parts of ourselves have more sway, shift the balance in the energy field between the mostly negative to uh, bringing in and making the positive more and more so that the ratio shifts and the manifestations that we have in their outer reality will reflect the shifts within the energetic field. So that's what we're doing. We're neutralizing. So I do want to work on self-hatred because this is actually there as well. And just, just a second here. I have more time for the healing than I thought. I was kind of rushing it, but I misread the clock and had my glasses on, guys. So we do have plenty of time. Just just saying. Okay, so there is self-hatred here, Robin, and I want you to really begin to lose this, to, to let that go. It's at the basis of, it's part of the lack, the lack of self-love. You actually have here self-hatred, and I want you to release that. And it's based on these lives that you did the best you could, but you read it out as being a complete failure and have, you know, uh, it was all your fault, that kind of thing. And I really, really want you to release that. Um, this whole less than, being less than you, you could have, should have, would have been. And just keep in mind that there wasn't all of that support and information resources out there for so many of these lives. And it was the blind leading the blind, because even those in in places of authority or places of teaching or that kind of thing, they barely knew any better than anybody else. It was uh, because the times were uh, not as expanded um, con- conscious wise you know there wasn't as much awareness the consciousness was at a lower evolutionary level in so much of the so many of the lives that we have lived and you're no exception so i just really want you to release all of that i'm going to ask for a huge dose of self-forgiveness let's call in that divine self-forgiveness and i want you to just feel it i'm asking everybody around the circle to send Robin this through the Rainbow Bridge, this self-forgiveness. And I see the Rainbow Bridge is a very powerful energy field. It's absolutely balanced. So it can't color or discolor any energy that we use. It acts as a transportation uh, avenue. So we can all send her from our own pure soul essence that divine forgiveness and I ask the higher self also to, and the originating source, to please bring in divine forgiveness. And I feel it, the platform just, it's as if it's an, um, developing almost an ocean or a, a huge pond or a lake of divine forgiveness. And it's just moving in through and around you. And I ask that you take it in as best you can. Just this divine forgiveness, it carries proper self-forgiveness and proper forgiveness of others. I'm also going to ask for um, the divine love to come in in the same way. It's coming in. Now there's a mixture. Divine love carries proper self-love and proper love of others. It also does carry divine for, uh, an element of forgiveness and an element of self-acceptance. But I'm going to call in also divine acceptance, 
which is proper self-acceptance and proper self-love. So you are bathing in these energies. So while you're bathing in them, we're going to continue to release. We're going to be letting go of these negative feelings you have about yourself and and um, absorbing to fill in whatever proverbial or symbolic gaps or uh, space has been made by all your releasing. We're going to fill it with these divine energies, these three divine energies that you deserve. Which brings me to the lack of deservability. There's a part of you that feels like this is your punishment, that you don't deserve anything better and it's your way to punish yourself, that you deserve punishment. You're so bad that you deserve to be punished. And the interesting thing is that I do see a good dose here of support around you. Um, the This is something else that you brought in because as a soul, you were determined to heal this pattern at the same time. So you brought in the situations and conditions that would trigger the pattern, the soul scramble, so to speak, so that you could have an opportunity to deal with it. But you also chose situations and conditions that would give you the support you need to get through it because you were aware how big it was. You don't want to just trigger the pattern and be living in some uh, rural third world country maybe where there's the solutions or the help when you go seeking and searching it's not available to you so that's the other part of the story the soul not only chooses situations to trigger the pattern so that it can get going on bringing in the balance or the healing or whatever is needed but it also will trigger um, will also create certain pick circumstances that will allow them to find the solutions and the answers, whether it's a book, whether it's supportive sisters, whether it's a good support group, uh, whatever it is, you have chosen to bring in a support system. And I will, I've mentioned this just to remind you that you do have it and you actually did a very good job choosing this life because uh, I, I do see situations and conditions where people get motivated, but the support system or the help isn't immediately apparent, and that's a struggle, too, to find the answers. And that's painful. That's very, very painful and uh, for the individual soul. And um, so I'm really happy for you. You have support out there. And <clears throat> And you're one that uses it, which is great. And you do, you've opened the door to finding those solutions. It's, it's, you've allowed your, to find out about the book. Um, you know, the support group probably recommended it to you. However you found it, you are absolutely helping yourself and utilizing the resources. This is all good, and we're building on that. We want to, again, uh, again I want to remind you that the Creative life force energy is moving to empower all of those good things for you. And now I want to get back to um, I want to get back to the neutralizing and what's coming up now, of course, which is no surprise, is fear. Um, there is there's a lot of fear here because it is darn scary. If you if at the soul level you believe that you were a failure in so many of these lives and that it was more than you could handle and that you weren't up to the task, 
here presenting a situation like this again would trigger all the fears that it's going to go wrong again, that you're going to fail. And I really want to have you begin to release the fear and the belief systems behind it. And I see stuff coming out of the top of your head. It's, it's literally pouring out. And I see, oh, this is, I love when I see this. So much of it is being pulled in from the past nows and the future nows, in fact. And it's coming out of the heart area, the throat, and the, the top of the head. Um, part of this fear, as you stated, was the fear of not getting the communication right. Part of the fear is that you're going to do it wrong. You're not going to express the commu and communicate correctly. And so there's communication issues around fear, too, that you are... Um, not competent, not able, not not um, not um, you're not going to find the right words at the right time. You're not going to be able to do it just right in order to make it work for um, to, to make it work in the right way for Ryan. And so, okay. So part of this. Uh, so I want you to continue to release all fears of communication, fear that you're going to do it wrong, fear that you're not going to express. But I want to say right off the bat, it isn't about saying the exact right thing. The, In fact, it is the essence of who you are and the love that you have that will come through in the words. So the words may not be the ones that he has in the book. So that's one thing. The other thing is that one exercise, one technique is not going to work for every person. He is giving the many examples, I'm sure, uh, and very positive examples where much progress has been made with people. But it doesn't mean that it's going to work exactly the same way for someone else. So part of the process is for you to release as much of the feelings of failure and that you can't do it to allow your knowingness, your no one knows your son better than you. No one understands him better than you. And so as you go, if you feel freer, so I'm calling in divine freedom and divine self-connection because the more free you feel to express what you're feeling and, and say it in a way that is yours, the, the clearer the message, the, the oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying this very well, but your purity of purpose and sincerity of motive is so strong and so powerful that it really isn't about the exact wording. Some of it is going to be your intuition, your sense, your knowing of Ryan is going to be a part of it. And that's what we want to have. You want the freedom to lead with your inner knowing, your inner intuition, your inner sensing. It's not about memorizing the words. These are a starting place. These are a new way. This is an expanded way of looking at the scenario and, and dealing with it differently than you have dealt with it before. But a big part of it is that you have to bring you to 
not just the technique. It's not just about following steps. And, oh, my gosh, I might forget a step or I might do this step incorrectly so the following steps aren't going to work. Um, I want you, to, again, I want to call in divine freedom because that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive, it's as if the higher self are just, it's like reverberating within you. They're, they're showing me very clearly. It's like a heartbeat. It is, and I want the, I want you, if you can, to connect with that purity of purpose as best you can because it is, that's going to be a big part of this process. You understand, if you have a general understanding of the technique, of the communication, and move into it from a sense of, you now have the, the expanded understanding. And if you, you, know, you want to keep adding in the divine connection to the self, maybe before you have a discussion, do a simple amalgamation with your pure soul essence and with your higher self. And with that purity of purpose that you carry, it is very big. It's so huge. You can also bring in divine love, and you can actually create the rainbow bridge between you and and Ryan before you have conversations, and allow the the communication to carry that unconditional love, that purity of purpose. And <clears throat> it really isn't about the right words. You've expanded your understanding of, an, of the approach by reading this book. It has been a very powerful tool for you. You understand it in general. I know you do from your communications with me. If you need to understand it a little bit more, go ahead and reread whatever parts or sections. But I would encourage you just to uh, continue now to, to release the fear of saying it wrong, the fear of doing it wrong, the fear of failure, the fear of um, that you're going to be inarticulate, that you're not going to be competent, that you're not going to get it right. And that whole thing about self-punishment is coming up again. So let's just, I, I, I don't think we worked on it enough. I'm seeing this, this idea that you're, you know, this is your punishment. This is your way you had to, you know, the hair shirt, you know, um, I don't know if they ever still do it anymore, but in the olden days to the monks or somebody used to wear hair shirts to punish themselves, to remind them that they're sinners or something along that line. Uh, it's like self-flagellation. So you, you have a little bit of that, that, that carried about the self-punishment that somehow you are so lowly that you deserve this situation and you deserve to be in it and you deserve to constantly self-flagellate and I want you to release all of that because that is just not the case. It's definitely not the case. You've just come in with misunderstandings and misconceptions based on a lot of lives where it was very difficult and Things weren't understood at the level we understand them today. And you took on a lot of belief systems feeling like you were at fault. A lot of shame, a lot of fear, a lot of uh, self-doubt, self-hatred. And so we want all of that to be let go. And, and then the, the corollary is, well, since I'm such a bad person, I better keep punishing myself. And that isn't 
That isn't something you need to do. It is not going to atone. It's as if this is your way to atone. Well, I'm such a bad person. Um, I need to punish myself in order to atone for how terrible I am, to, to somehow bring myself up to be a better person. And this whole issue of atonement is big. A lot of souls feel they have to atone, and it doesn't really get us anywhere Um for the most part, it doesn't get us anywhere because it is not the answer. The answer is self-forgiveness. And so I want you also to release any lack of self-forgiveness, lack of any kind of forgiveness, whether it's of the self or others. And I just feel this big chunk right in the chest area. It's as if you're not willing to go quite that far. And so I'm calling in divine light, divine flush, Divine, ooh, divine liquid plumber. I don't think I've used that for a while. It's coming in. It's beginning to dissolve this blockage. And this blockage is you holding on, not allowing um, the lack of self-forgiveness, not allowing yourself to let that go. It's got a hold on you. It it just is because you so firmly believe that there there's these parts of yourself that are unforgivable. And so... Those are also misconceptions and uh, false beliefs. It's almost like this is a solidified truth. I know I've talked about in the past solidified truth of belief systems we carry that are so deep, it's almost as if they've been solidified. So you don't believe yourself to be forgivable. And I really want to work on calling in all the light, all the techniques, all the divine energies we can to begin to dissolve this belief, because that's all it is. It's not true. It's just what you believe. You believe that you're unforgivable. And by letting it go, you feel like you're a liar. It goes flies in the face of your purity of purpose and sincerity of motive. Well, I can't be pure if I give up, if I allow myself to, be, to forgive myself, because in truth, your thinking goes, I'm so bad, I don't deserve forgiveness. And it, it, it's so interesting because that purity of purpose is almost has a double-edged sword in a way because that purity that you carry, that wanting to be such a good person, such an authentic and genuine person, you genuinely don't feel you deserve to forgive yourself. So... It's part of what's holding it, on, holding on to it, because you feel like, well, I deserve it, so why would I let go? Why would I let go um, this idea that uh, I'm unforgivable? I have to be true to myself. Well, okay, so we need to work on that belief. We need to call in. Oh. It's as if it's. The belief itself, symbolically, it's as if it's just got its arms right around that lack of self-forgiveness that you won't let go of. And so what we have to let, we have to work on first is that belief that has its arm around the self-forgiveness. So let's, let's do that. Um, I want you to release the belief, excuse me, that you're unforgivable. And that is a very deep belief. Wow, I've got to see how the higher self want me to handle this because I've not seen quite a symbol quite like this before. Okay, well, they're showing me to send um, 
divine uh, love in through the bottom of your feet. Now, we've already brought in divine love, but this time I, I'm seeing the love. It's almost like it's got, you know, it's it, um, got a laser focus or laser um, to help it find this part of you that is trying to be so genuine and hold on to all that lack of self-forgiveness. And so the divine love is coming in and it's beginning to permeate that solidified belief. And I'm watching it dissolve as it goes. And it's just dissolving all around you. Um, and now the image that I saw that it had two arms, which is sort of a silly image, but that was the image I had. Just, of course, it's just a symbol. The the arms themselves are like losing their strength and losing their form. I'm seeing the arms actually beginning to dissolve. So, because we really need to dissolve this belief that you are unforgivable. And to be honest, you have to hold on to that. So we want to get rid of that that factor, that belief that you wouldn't be honest if you let go. You wouldn't be genuine. You wouldn't be truthful. The belief that you are really unforgivable. Okay. I see that belief system now. Um, it's almost completely dissolved. And it's what's there now, what's, what's more exposed, is the lack of self-forgiveness itself. And... It's still standing there with a fairly big rock, but there's nothing holding on to it. So I feel now that the light, we can begin to dissolve it. And, and what I'm going to do is symbolically, I'm going to call in a dozen, uh, dozens, hundreds of little tiny jackhammers of light to start to chip away at this lack of self-forgiveness. Remember, it's just a symbol. It's a way to have the light address this lack of self-forgiveness this belief that you are unforgivable. And I'm watching it begin to reduce in size, and I'm asking for all that, that sort of, um, all the little pieces that are being symbolically chipped away at, move into the light, uh, be, be released, and I'm seeing them coming out, just like sort of pieces coming out of the heart center. Um, and the and they're once they hit the light of course they become neutralized and become the light and you still have quite a bit of this sort of solid piece but it's still working on you uh, the divine forgiveness is able to come in and instead of that belief system that was holding on to it the divine forgiveness now is working to fill in the spaces left empty and hopefully we will be able to bring in more of that good feeling about yourself, to let go some of this, you know, the sense that you are just not worthy of anything. I'm just watching it, Robin. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I need to bring in any more energies. I'm hoping that you are able and sensing the release because it is coming out it's continuing, and it's much, much smaller. It's probably a quarter of the size it was already, and that's pretty quick. So we are going to release as much of the of it. I want to just see if we can chip away at the whole thing. 
Remember that creative life force energy is also working to empower the beliefs that you do carry, that you are worthy, that you are good, that you are capable, that you can do this, um, empowering the self-connection and the self-worth. So that's all going on simultaneously. I'm just reminding you that we are definitely working both sides of the coin always. Okay, well, I feel like it's just about gone. It's about the size of a small rock. It's much, much better. Um, the space that it was fill, filling before is now filled with light. Uh, again, I want to call on divine love and have it move in, up through the bottom of your feet and be part of the filling of this space. Divine clarity of vision and expanded perception. We really want you to uh, begin to open up your viewpoint and to begin to see the situation in an expanded manner, which you are, you're, you definitely are, but to continue that expansion and also to expand the feeling you have about yourself, your own abilities to, um, you know, even though you haven't memorized the, the, the contents of the book, even though you haven't, you're not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, even though you don't have what in the outer world would be seen as the expertise or that kind of thing, that you carry all the expertise that you need within. And the basis of it is love and understanding. And that as again, that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive. And that's what we are empowering here. That's what's going to move you into shifting the dynamic, saying the things to Ryan from your heart, not from your mind having memorized the words. You certainly can say the words. I'm not saying if you haven't memorized them, you can't use them. I'm just saying to take the pressure off yourself to come from that heart place that's so pure, that's so deep, so genuine, so authentic. Okay, the higher styles have brought my attention to Ryan. Um, he, as I said, he's standing on the rim of the wheel. I'm not sure what they want, but suddenly he lit up like a light to bring my attention because I wasn't looking at the rim of the wheel. And I haven't been addressing the listeners either. Um, I hope all of you have been part of enough of these healings on the radio to know that when I ask Robin to release, that it's your cue to do your own releases into your own light. Um, I'm sorry I didn't explain that more for those of you who are new, but I hope you didn't give up on it and you can go back and listen to another healing where it's mostly explained in more detail in all the other healings. Um, in any case, I see Ryan standing here lighted, and I don't know. Okay, he's being brought on another symbolic platform uh, of Rainbow Bridge Energy, and he's still standing. I see him standing full of light. Now, um, so I'm not sure where I'm to go with this. Okay. The indication here is simply to um, 
to connect the two of you with very powerful energy, like a beam of energy. Now, these connections, this connection is would be heart to heart, and it is of divine energy. There is nothing here that would mean controlling or manipulating or being at, exposed to one another. It carries tremendous purity. There is no, it's, it's divine in nature, so it can never hurt or harm force or control in any way. So I do see, and I hope it's okay with you, but I do get the sense that it's okay. The higher selves are giving me the thumbs up because it's you at the soul level and Ryan at the soul level. I'm seeing there to be a connection being formed between the two of you, a connection of light. And this is divine light, as I said. And the two of you are now being connected at the heart level. There is going to be some support here between both of you. So the, the, the pure soul essence from each of you is going to be at play here, not only within each of you, but it, there's a connection here. There's going to be a sense of connection here in a way it feels empowering to me i'm not sure exactly how it's going to feel to you or how it's going to play out but it does feel very empowering and i'd like to to um put in divine love put in divine understanding divine acceptance divine support and just allow and divine clarity and allow this these divine lights to work between you and help the dynamic between you in the best way possible. Okay. Um, that is ongoing, and the higher selves have actually moved him back to the rim. Um, and I see the the cocoon of energy moving around you Robin, and of course, it's moving around all of the people on the rim, including Ryan. And this cocoon of energy, as I've explained often, is one that's going to first enable you to continue processing. But I see you um, full of light, absolutely uh, having released and shifted and changed in so many different ways energetically. There's been a lot of movement here. And the there feels to be a lot more connection to the self, the parts of you that have been empowered and that are moving in and helping to shift some of the, the pattern for you, shift some of the dynamics, some of your your day-to-day uh, ways of looking at things. There's an expansion here, and I feel really good about it for you. Um, so you have made some progress lady i'm happy about that how it play out exactly i don't know but uh, in any case um i do feel that this has been a a very um, significant time for you Uh, the cocoon also helps you acclimate because when there is a big shift in energy um, sometimes it can throw us a bit sometimes we can have some sort of reaction and so it's very important to have the cocoon so that the reaction is mitigated or uh, help you acclimate so that there won't be as big a, a reaction. Um, and there's, you know, many, many cocoons. I did not see specifically what went on in the outer rim. As a matter of fact, there is an outer rim, and I'm not seeing anybody on it. 
um, I do feel, because I saw in the beginning that there were people on it, I just, I don't know why I'm not seeing anybody now, but I'm not. In any case, it was present and um, it was part of the healing. So whoever was on it, if there were people uh, or any kind, any souls, um, they were being handled. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, the higher selves are indicating that there will always be an outer rim. And there will be times where souls come in called, known and unknown, that souls will come in. Uh, whether I call them in, whether I notice it or whatever, there's now always going to be an outer rim. And there's actually going to be souls not just from this planet, but other planets both in body and out. So there will always now be an outer rim. Okay, well, that's interesting. And But it's not necessarily going to come up in each and every healing every week. But they did want did want the listeners to know that. Okay, so that answers that anyway. So, all right. So, um, let me see if there's anything else. Um, well, that's interesting. The when when Ryan went back to the rim and he was still standing that lighted place, the light from Ryan went around the whole rim, and it was not necessarily his light, but it was just an indicator that everyone on the rim, whether I talked about it a lot or not, has been receiving healing, has did did move forward, and there is a lot more light and balance and harmony and uh, health uh, that was uh, brought into those standing on the rim, both known and unknown. And so that that's good news. It's just as if now everyone is standing standing solidly in that very beautiful, very powerful, our purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power, that divine light that we carry. And the healing on Ryan and the healing on Robin, uh, I mean, all of the healings on all of us affects everyone. Just comes back to what I was saying very early on, that um, no matter who you're healing, there has an effect on everyone. And that's, I think, what they were trying to show me that everything is connected and we're all helping each other. Wow. Okay. Okay, the closing down, uh, the forever now moment as they do. And so, and I see Robin, you're moving off the platform and you're going to the, back to the, I mean, it's just symbolic, but you're going back to the rim. And with that, oh, seems like the healing is done. And, uh, Wow. I'm a little bit in la-la land. Um, so I don't know if Robin or her sister would like to say anything, but I'm very happy, happy to work on Robin, and I do hope that she is going to feel okay and get through this situation with Ryan coming home and making the decisions, saying the right words, um, moving the dynamic from where it's been in the past, can, and I know it's improved somewhat from the past, but to continue to move it forward, uh, I, I know all of the listeners are there for Robin. I know she has a lot of support. Um, 
a lot of empathy and we all feel for all of the other all of the listeners too we feel for each other because all of us have have, have had or do have or know of people who have this kind of situation where the where it's really a lot of pressure and a lot of difficulties when someone in the family has a severe issue of some sort so with that, and I don't see anybody who's hit number one, so maybe Robin and her sister don't want to get on. I just want to just see if either one of them want to say anything. But meanwhile, I want to just remind everyone that if you do want a healing, you can email me. You can certainly call in. I didn't even give, think to give the number out. I'm getting bad at that. <laughs> um, the call-in number, if you're thinking about calling in, is four six. and but most people like to email me a request and that works just as well janet at higherselfvoice.com or janet at janetrichmond.com whichever is easiest for you to remember and don't forget to look up my splash page on my new book. Oh, okay. Robin has put up a question mark, but I'll mention the splash page. Soulpsychologythebook.com. Soulpsychologythebook.com. And you'll see what it's about. And, you know, maybe if you're interested, you can order it or you can ask me questions or you can do whatever you wish to do. But anyway, you can at least find out about it. All right. So Robin has... I'm putting her mic on. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Well, I'm um, very full of light. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, Yeah, that's the main main thing. I I feel, you know, I just felt a tremendous amount of light. And uh, I do feel a sense of relief. I think you, you know, the healing really hit on the head some of the underlying uh, feel, thoughts and feelings that aren't so conscious that, but that have to be driving some of the, you know, the the issues I experience and the fears and so forth. So I think it, it hit it very well on, on the nose. I wanted to ask you one question. I'm kind of in la-la land too, but... Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of neutralizing, you know, when we start releasing, um, you know, in earlier shows, you used to use more symbols uh, to say, like, taking the light and bombarding, bombarding the the patterns, and. And then, like in this healing, at one point you talked about the little jackhammers pecking away at the at the at the rock, and and I I like I like that, and I like using the symbols. What I've been doing a lot lately is just trying to feel the the energies, the the patterns that I'm trying to neutralize, and just kind of breathing through it very much. And I just wondered if you can add a few words or have any comment about how to help picture the neutralizing process going on. 
Um, well, first of all, that breathing thing is also great. Sometimes you've heard me bring in divine breath. It, it that also, if you can think of yourself breathing in the light. It, it, the thing is that I love those symbols too. Sometimes they come up, sometimes they don't. You can create your own symbol, which you did with the breathing, which is great. Um, if you listen to me in past shows, like I often have used that hatch, you know, like the submarine hatch. You've, you've, uh-huh, heard, me uh-huh, uh-huh, you've heard me use uh-huh. the vacuum of light. You know, you've got this billion, trillion BTU vacuum vacuuming out. Right. <laughs> you can, um, if I don't come up with something that's helpful, like those jackhammers, and you remember some of the other symbols, you can set them up yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know why they don't always come up, and um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but, the, and people make up ones on their own. I think I shared with a group, I had a guy who had a lot of depression. He'd get up in the morning and he'd see a big, faucet like a like a a faucet in the for the outside hose that you can turn on or off and he'd see a faucet coming off the top of his head he'd lean down over the bed and he'd see a huge like basin and he'd turn on the faucet and out would come all the depression <laughs> he'd, wake up, he'd wake up in the morning with it just like a massive weight for him and that he came up with that symbol all on his own and after he did that for days and days, and I think it went into weeks and weeks, the less he'd wake up with it, the, the less it was, because he was he was relieving, taking out some of that those depressive feelings. It's a very simple simple kind of um, symbol that you can use whatever one you think of or use ones I've used. Um, uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I, I yeah. Know. That helps just to kind of refresh my. My memory a little bit, and I do like, um, you know, one of the very basic ones that you shared in your first book about how just seeing the energy come out through the top of the head, kind of changing from a dark, kind of dark energy and then hitting the light and turning light, and I, I kind of rely on that a lot. And But but otherwise, if a symbol isn't coming up, then... And the idea of the sort idea of just breathing breathe through the heavy through energy, energy is is good too. Absolutely, breathing into it—that's kind of what a, um, similar to divine flush. It's allowing the you know feeling the energy moving in and flushing it out, or breathing it out, or something like that. So yeah, that's a great symbol. Um, and breath is out there. To, you know, using your breath is out there in so many modalities. Um, it wouldn't be out there a lot if there wasn't value to it. But once you add the divine part of it to it, it just hit something. Um, it adds so much. It adds a lot more power. Whenever we add the divine energies, we add power to the positive and uh, as well as bringing in the ability to neutralize the negatives. So mm-hmm. yeah, and in okay, the future, yeah, thank you. Um, in Thank the future, you. if I ever do a healing on you again, remind me. And so I can be um, more sensitive to finding symbols because I have a ton of them. You've heard me with the oil well, the gusher, you know, the fire hose, gushing the stuff out. You've heard me oozing out like swamp water or uh, molasses. I mean, I've used other symbols before 
when I first started on the radio, gosh, I had so many different ones. I've used you've heard probably the the symbol of standing in the center of the eye of a hurricane. For mm. mm. me, is that one? I I don't recall. I don't Okay. Well, in any case, in the earlier shows, I I did use a lot of different ones, um, and so you know, I'm happy. It's just, you're, just, you're so you're so visual, and I don't I don't uh, I you know I am sometimes a little bit, but I I don't get those um, the visual near as much as you do. But when you bring those visual symbols in, then it like. Uh, Activate that that energy, and I'm, it, it is very helpful because I I don't think I'm quite as visual visually oriented. Well, I'm, <laughs> but I'm really but, glad you mentioned it because you know now I'm remembering. I think somebody a couple three weeks ago, in a session I did, a private session, said something similar. So I'm I'm glad you kind of reconnected me to it because I will make <clears throat> a little bit more of an effort to do to use the symbols because I. I do know, even for myself, that it helps me. You know, I use the same things on myself. So if I have a big rock somewhere, trust me, I'm getting out those jackhammers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, that's good. I'll give it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it some thought so I have some symbols uh, ready in my toolbox. To, or, to, and uh, and yeah. or remind me, too, you know, if we're working together, remind me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 But I thought I thought the healing was very powerful. Thank you. And I, I think you, uh, you definitely uh, were able to hit on, on, on some of those issues. And I felt a tremendous amount of light, you know, right from the very beginning, just... Just a tremendous just amount of light working. Oh, so that, that's that great. great. I do so want thank to you so ask much. you, yeah, you know, you do anyway, but I do want to ask you to just kind of let me know how you're feeling, how you're doing. Um, anything about Ryan that comes up, you know. I will, I of course. Will. I, will. I will. I just feel it's, it's, it is a tough situation, and uh, but you're doing all the right things, lady, you know. Well, I think well, it's, I, I, I like very much what you said about, you know, not worrying so much about, you know, you know, that getting the words exactly right, but also, you know, remembering to connect in with my heart center and that, and that you know, you know, it's, it's, it's balancing the, the mind with the feeling, the heart and not yeah. just coming from the mind. And I think and that's I, very good for me because I tend to be a very mental very person. person. <laughs> well, the thing is, you have this huge purity of purpose and sincerity of motive, whether you call it the heart or however you want, whatever term you use. It's really big there, and it's something you can tune into and tap into uh, to really help you through this process. And it is an energy, and it is... Um, that that Ryan too will feel from you because you're going to be exposing it rather than just do coming from the mental place. When you right, open that right. up and it's not always easy. You're gonna go through a process with it. It's not like you're gonna come out the gate and just have it perfect, you know? <laughs> That's not the way it works. <laughs> you're gonna it's gonna be a process and a learning curve. And part of the learning curve is to connect with that heart part of you and to allow it space. And allow it a voice, 
But uh-huh, I feel uh-huh. confident that you will. But I don't want you well, to I, lock, well, lock into, oh, I, I screwed up today. You know, I just didn't say it right. You know, I, I'm hoping that to, to help steer you away from the first, you know, from your the process. You know, you can't, you're not always going to reach that high bar you set for yourself, lady. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, and no, I, and I, I do. You know, I definitely do feel more confident. And my, my, my wonderful sisters are are reading the book also, and and have, and are gonna. We're gonna do some sessions and do some role playing so that um, these new communication techniques will start to feel a little more. Um, I mean, I'll get a little practice, and yeah. it's it's like anything. You know, on the one hand, I. I do have I a certain have amount of fear and self doubt, and then and, and I think, oh my goodness, when I look back on my life and all the things I've learned, and, and you know, you know, I, it, 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 I, I here's here's some new some technique, and I'm I'm afraid, I'm afraid to that I won't be I able to learn it. It's kind of ludicrous <laughs> when I put it in perspective, but. I don't know. Um, well, again, practice with your sisters also when you're doing the role playing. Of having of saying it from your heart without worrying, even with your sisters, that you get all the words right. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Practice it that way too, so that that's a good idea. Yeah, so that, so you, that the so energy that you feel, comes you start through. feeling comfortable with not ha- knowing exactly what words to say, so that you don't okay. get caught okay. up. Oh my gosh, I've forgotten the words. Practice just saying what you want from your heart, some of the words will come out, some of them you won't won't come out, but it's not going to be the only conversation that you'll have with Ryan. So if you some things don't come out at one time, some they'll come out the other, but you get more and more comfortable talking without having memorized the words. Right. Right. Okay. No. Okay. Very good. Okay. Very good. Okay. Well, okay. thank you again, Janet. I appreciate oh, so um, you facilitating so this healing and and uh, and, uh, and I will certainly I will let you know, uh, give you uh, some feedback, feedback when I'm not, not, you know, as time goes on and when I'm not so spacey. <laughs> no, actually, there's never any pressure, really. It's, it's appreciated, but there's never any pressure. And I do want to say thank you to Susan for listening to the show and being there for you because her support is is huge for you. And um you did, and I saw that you you did bring in a good support system, and that was, as I said, sometimes people don't quite have that, and you do have that, and because it's a massive pattern, it's, it's particularly important. It's so difficult. So how great for you to have have such great family and husband and um, you know support group in the sense of others with. Kids with mental illness. I forget what the, what the name of the group was. Um, um, well, well, one of the one groups of, the, it's the, called Ham Harm Reduction. Well, there's well, Harm Reduction harm for alcohol, alcohol, and that's a and wonderful that's support group for, for dealing for with uh, issues related to you know using you know, alcohol to cope with cope stress with and feelings. And then and the then other group that's a fabulous group for. Uh, Loved ones of people with people mental illness. illness. It's called NAMI. 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 It's the National it's the Alliance for Mental, for mental illness. illness. And they have and they support groups for, for family members, members of 
of people with mental illness. illness. They also have support groups for for people who are mentally ill and have 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 gained some insight into their illness and want to get get some peers that they can talk to. So it's a fabulous organization. And if anybody does friends or relatives uh, with mental illness, I I. I encourage them to look into NAMI, N-A-M-I. It's the National Association or a National Alliance. National Alliance for Mental Illness. For Mental Illness. Okay, I want to be, I really want to um, focus on National Alliance for Mental Illness in case there are some listeners that do have either directly or indirectly uh, know about or have in their lives a person with mental illness. And that is really great, and I'm sure they know other areas where you can get. Is that where you got the, the suggestion of the book? Yes, yes, yes. That is yeah. their number one book they recommend, you know, for people to read because it's so helpful in in um, understanding aspects of mental illness, and then in giving some tools of how to how to start to be more effective in dealing with your loved ones with mental illness. So it's a, it's a fabulous book, and that's where I got that idea. And the other great thing about the support group, NAMI, when you go to these support groups, you know, you meet a lot of other people that are struggling like you are, and you don't feel so alone. You get to share your 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 struggles with each other, and um, there's just, you know, something about knowing that you're not alone. There are actually millions of people who are struggling with loved ones who have mental illness, and it's it's uh, it's so much more widespread than I think we even realize. It's beginning to be be more understood, but um, so it's a it's great to get that kind of support and know that you're not alone in your struggles. Yes, it's fabulous, and um, thank you so much for sharing it, too. And even if the listeners don't have it, they might be able to recommend it to somebody else. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Okay, well... um, Good, good. All right, thanks. It's just about time for the show to end, and I, again, really want to thank you for reaching out, Robin, as I always do, and also want to thank Susan yet again You know, the support system for for those people who are going through this, the caregivers, the the support givers uh, play a vital role. And I I think the the whole world is beginning to really move up many layers of gratitude and appreciation for the difficult work that caregivers do, that support system, uh, people who are the support system for those who are the direct caregivers. It's it's such an important role, and so I want to thank Susan for being part of the support system um, and to thank her because I love Robin, and even though I don't know Ryan, I love him too, and it just makes me feel good to know that Susan is there and others in your support system are there as well. Okay. I'm very fortunate. Yeah, you are. I'm so happy. And yeah, let's just yeah. try thank you. Spread thank that you. fortune to everybody else. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take you off the mic and say goodbye okay, to everyone. Okay. And, thanks, Jen. Um, thank you. Thanks so much for calling in, kiddo. All right, everyone. 
until next week. I can't remember if I have a healing for next week. I do have some things always in the back of my mind to talk about and work on. So we'll see. I, of course, will notify everyone as I do every week what the what the healing or what the topic will be. And so I will let you know when I know better. Meanwhile, thank you for the listeners. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. And as I said, I, there are people from around the world. I just can't. It's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around it, but I appreciate it. And I'm so glad if if people around the world are getting the help. Just keep in mind that the healings help everyone. So even if you're not interested in the information, if you just want the healing or you hear the information once, but you want the healing three times or 20 times, whatever, you can download the healing, the archived healing, and play it at your leisure. If you're listening to a healing, if I don't happen to say something that comes up for you, put it on pause and begin to do your own releases for whatever issues or patterns or thoughts or feelings that come up that I don't happen to say. I can't say everything in 45 minutes or an hour or whatever or half an hour or whatever healing is. I'm not going to come up with everything, and everybody has their own unique mix. Different things will be more important, will have more sway, so to speak, in your pattern versus somebody else's pattern. So it will come up from you, but it may not come up for the person I'm healing. In any case, I truly, truly encourage everyone to get make this, neutralizing a lifestyle. Do it on a regular basis if you can. If you want to get healthy in any other kind of way, we do make it a lifestyle. We exercise, we eat right, we try to deal with our emotional issues. We work the whole ball of wax and to maintain health, to move more and more into health and maintain it, we do it on a regular basis. We don't just go to the gym for three months and say, oh, well, I'm done, I'm in shape, and let it go at that. Because there's always you can always improve and you want to maintain. Otherwise, you know, you don't maintain the benefit. Now, this work, of course, every time you neutralize, it's permanent. Whatever you've neutralized is permanent, can't come back and haunt you. So it's not a perfect analogy with a gym. But I encourage you to make it a lifestyle, and you have a lot of free help with these radio shows. You can tune into the healings and as I said, listen to them on a regular basis three times a week. You can also uh, read my book. I, I give the, the technique in the books, both my books. I also, oh, 90 seconds. I don't know if you guys heard that, but <laughs> um, anyway, I just encourage you all to continue with the neutralizing and Using my healings is a very good way to do it. And you don't have to worry about the words. Eventually, you can get the words. You'll know them for yourself. And you won't have to listen to a healing in order to to work on yourself. It may happen in one time or 40 times. It doesn't matter. Well, 60 seconds. Okay. So I'm going to say goodbye. Um, Again, thank you so much. And I look forward to next week. We'll see what comes. Okay.